Good morning, Living Word. Good morning. Morning, Manaites. God bless you all. I see grace all over you. Amen. Grace all over you. Yes, we got grace. If it wasn't for his grace, hallelujah. We give God thanks for his grace. Certainly, we can agree with the psalmist that there is grace all over us. Amen. So we thank God for his grace. We are saved by grace through faith. And so God's grace is so important. And so we give God thanks for his grace. That's his favor. Did not give us what we deserve, but gave us what we needed. Amen. And so you and I can celebrate. We can glorify God. We can tell him, thank you because of his grace. So I can say I have grace all over me. And I think you need to say that to yourself this morning. I got grace all over me. I got favor on my head, increase on my head, swiftness on my feet. But God has forgiven my past, preserves my present, and has guaranteed my future. That is grace. <laughs> A future guaranteed is grace. Yes, it is. I am so tickled to be a child of God. It's such a privilege. It's such an honor to be known by God, to be considered a friend of God. And it's an honor to have my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I know that when this life ends, a greater one begins. And it's just an amazing thing, an amazing journey. And it's, amazing, it's an amazing state of being where you're considered a friend of God. So I give God thanks. So now because of that, my chief aim is to please him, right? I really want to have the testimony that Enoch had that he pleased God. In my estimation, I believe that is the greatest testimony in the Bible, whether in the Old Testament or New Testament. I think that is the greatest testimony any man could ever have and that he is pleasing to God. Simply that means God told him he had to walk with God and he had to talk with God. And God told him that he was pleased with him. So Enoch had this testimony and the testimony is something that you share, right? So he was obviously telling people that God said he was pleasing to him. And because of that, the Bible said God took him as proof that he was pleasing to God. And so all who are pleasing to God, one day God will eventually take you. <laughs> I cannot wait. So I have to make sure that all my ways please, please the Lord. Amen. So I pray that you already have connected with your heavenly father. You've thanked him for a brand new day, a day he has made, one you will never see again. Amen. And some opportunities that come to you in this day, you'll never see again. So make the most of every time. Redeem the time because the Bible said the days are evil. And not only that, you some things you'll never get another chance to do it, especially good. Amen. If you if you have an opportunity, an opportunity to do good, do it. Don't set it aside. Just do it. The Lord said to do something. Just do it. Stop procrastinating. When God gives you instruction. He tells you when, how to do it. Just go ahead and get it done. Get it done. Just do it. Stop procrastinating. Stop, you know, doubting and things like that. Amen. I want to talk today um, about 
getting our prayers answered, right? It's, it's important that we get our prayers answered. Is there scriptural foundation? Is there scriptural instruction for our prayers being answered? Well, I believe they are. And I'm going to share some of them with you today. And hopefully, um, when, when you have learned this and you come in line with these things that God requires of us, then everything could work out according to how we have prayed. Amen. So it's important that we get this and we understand, right? How can I get my prayers answered? All right. So the first thing that we have to do to get our prayers answered is to repent of sin. Okay. Nobody wants to hear that, but it's true. The first thing, the first prayer you need to pray is God forgive me of my sin. And not only ask God to forgive you, you need to repent. You need to say, that I'm not, never going to do it again. I'm not going to do it, God. I promise you, if you forgive me, I'll never do it again. That is true repentance. True repentance says, I'd rather die than to sin like this again. Amen. I'm not saying we don't make mistakes because we are human beings. We make mistakes. But sin is something usually intentional. And so sin is usually something you know that you shouldn't do, but you do. <laughs> that is sin. Right? A mistake is, is a mistake. But sin is usually intentional. Unless you are ignorant of the word of God and because you don't know the word of God and the Holy Spirit is not talking to you about certain things and you do it and it's sin. But when the Holy Spirit tells you that what you're doing is sin, you need to consider it and stop doing it. Amen. Because sin will stop your prayers from being answered. Well, is there scripture? Yes. Let's look out. Let's look um, in scripture. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 and 2. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But verse 2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Okay, there it is. In a nutshell, iniquities, which is unconfessed sins, okay, have separated between you and God. He hid his face from you. He will not even hear you. So unless we do the, the first thing that is necessary, repent of our sins, the Bible said God will not even hear us. That's what the scripture says. This is harsh, but God, that's what the word of God says, right? He cannot hear you if you refuse to repent of your sins. So, repent, let it go, so God's ear could be attentive to your cry. All right, let's go to 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. Let me give you another scripture just to make sure you know that this is real and this is what God requires. I know we want all our prayers answered, but we want to keep our feelings and we want to keep doing certain things because I've, you know, that's me and I deserve to strike back at people. I deserve to have malice. You know, because they did such and such to me. They don't treat me right, so I'm not going to treat them right. They, they don't speak to me right, so I'm not going to do what I know to do is right. All those things are sin. And you may wonder why you can't get your prayers answered, right? Well, if you refuse to line up with the word of God, then you cannot have an expectation. You've got to live your life according to the word of God in order to have an expectation of God working on your behalf. All right. So 2 Chronicles seven fourteen said, If my people, which are called by my name, humble themselves and pray. Humble. You see what that is? 
Humility is the opposite, it's on the opposite spectrum of pride, right? Simply means you become selfless and not selfish, okay? That means you give up your rights, give up your rights, right? In order to get to a place of humility so God can hear you, right? I know we all want to strike back at people. We all, we feel like we need to give them a piece of our minds, we feel that they don't treat us good, so we just need to treat them the same way. They lie on us, so we need to hate them because they lied on us, right? And all these things that the natural man says do, your emotional man says do, right? And in order to get beyond those things, you have to humble yourself. So the Bible says, if my people, this is God saying, if my people who are called by my name, he said, if they will just humble themselves, <laughs> you don't need to fight for your rights. Let God fight for your rights. Don't. You don't need to fight for them. God will take care of you. You humble yourself. Refuse to do anything you know is wrong. And if people don't treat you right, it doesn't mean you need to treat them badly. No, you treat them right. You show them how they should treat you, right? By you treated them right. That's humility. That's the depth and the height of humility. When you can respond positively with love to people who are spewing hate at you. And so the word of God said, you got to be humble. And then he says to pray. That means knock on heaven's door. Talk to God about your situation. Seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. What is turn? That turn means to repent. Right? You were going down the road. The wrong way the Holy Spirit say you're doing wrong. Guess what you do? You make a 180 degrees turn and go into the right direction. Or whatever direction he said to go, that's the direction he wants you to go. Turn from your wicked ways. Repent of your sin. Then God says, I will hear your prayers. He said, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive and I will heal. Okay, and so the first criteria in getting your prayers answered is to rid yourself of sin, right? And all sin. Sin means that to him that know it to do right and does not do it, to him or to her, that is sin. Okay, so let me say this. So if you refuse to do the right thing, you refuse to do it. You refuse to submit to your husband. Husband, you refuse to love on your wives. And all these things that we do, the right thing to do, we refuse to do it. You are in sin. Yeah. And so I know it sounds harsh, but that's just how it is. The Bible gives us commands to do. And he says, if you know the right thing to do and you refuse to do it, it is sin. Amen. God tells you to do something. You refuse to do it. That is sin. Amen. That's disobedience. It's all sin. And the Bible says God's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither has it, is his ear heavy that he cannot hear, but your iniquities are separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Okay, number one reason why prayers are not answered is because sins have caused God to shut his ear to your prayer. Okay? Rid yourself of sin. Just get rid of rid it. God said, whatever is not right in me, take it away. Show me what I'm doing wrong. And the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what you're doing wrong. 
in a lot of the wrong that we do, I know most of us, 99.9% of us who are saved, we're not going out doing the major sins, right? We're not doing fornicating. We're not doing um, committing adultery. You know, we're not cheating people. We're not lying to people and things like that. But, the, you know, the little malice, you know, the, the little I ain't talking to you, the little I can't stand you, the, the, the little of I refuse to make up, I refuse to forgive. You know, unforgiveness is a sin. And the Bible says, unless you forgive others, you will not be forgiven yourself. So you don't want to remain in sin or unforgiving state because you refuse to forgive. Somebody will hurt you very badly. And so this hurt, especially historical hurt, could be separating you and your God and, and hindering your prayers because of historical hurt. Things that happened to you in your past that you refuse to let go, refuse to forgive those people, you refuse to get them out of your head, you don't talk to them, you hate on them. Every time you see them, it just disgusts you. We need to stop that. We need to stop that foolishness. You're hindering your own spiritual growth. You're hindering your own pro progress. And you're hindering the answer to your prayer. You know, some of these things are hard to hear, right? But the Bible breaks it down for us and gives it to us in plain and simple. And simple. That's why I said we don't need to be a rocket scientist to be saved and to be pleasing to God. We simply have to just take God at his word. Amen. And he gives it to us plain and simple. I know some of you don't read the word, so you don't know it. So it's my duty to read the word and explain the word. So I'm reading and I'm explaining it to you and I'm giving you the instructions that you need to transform your life, change your life and walk in answer prayers. Amen. We want to walk in answer prayer. None of us want to pray and not hear what God has to say about your issues. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says yes, but not now, okay? But we need to know that God not only hears, but he answers our prayers, amen? So the first thing we need to do is eradicate, uproot, get sin out of our lives simply by repenting of it all. Say, Father, if there's something in me that is not right, you take it away, I repent sackcloth and ashes, I humble myself before you, God, to be corrected by you through whomever. A lot of us don't want to be corrected. You know, we fuss and we fume, we get upset, we stomp out of places, out of church, out of ministry, simply because they were corrected. You know what that is? It's pride. And pride will shut God's ear to your prayer. You need, to shut, you need to shut down the pride thing. Just shut it down. Let it go and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Amen. And in due season, he will exalt you. He will raise you up because of your humility. Remember, Jesus humbled himself even unto death. And because of that, God has highly exalted him, given him a name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. Every knee in heaven, on the earth, and even under the earth <laughs> at the name of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. And that gives God such glory when we confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord of our lives. So the number one way, the number one place, the number one thing that we need to do to position ourselves um, where we can begin to walk and answer prayer 
is to pray the prayer of repentance, pray to, and ask God to forgive us, and we repent of our sins, and we let people go, forgive, and let people go, so the, so the Holy Spirit can have free reign in our lives. We quench the Spirit on our own. Yeah, we do it. We think quenching the Spirit is, you know, in church, and, you know, pastor may say, hey, okay, stop this singing now, let's go hear the word, and we think, and y'all jumping and shouting and screaming hallelujah, and some people think that's quenching the Spirit. It may be a form of quenching the Spirit, but the greater and the most that we quench the Spirit is when we forbid the Holy Spirit from having his way in our lives. And we do that through disobedience because he's not going to force you to do anything. He's only going to give it to you. He's going to give you an offer. He's going to give you a suggestion. He's going to say, go this way. He's not going to make you go that way. He's going to say, follow after. He's not going to make you follow. And so it is strictly up to us if we're going to quench what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. When God says, just follow my word. If you refuse to do it, you're actually quenching the spirit of God in you. You're shutting down. Some of you are upset in the spirit of God that's inside of you. We don't ever want to be at a place where God is upset with us. No, we want to be in a place where God is smiling on us. God is happy for us that God could even say, have you considered my servant? <laughs> Amen. That is where you and I want to be. So, we're going to walk in expect and we're going to walk in expectation that we must make sure that we are lined up with what the word of God says and we have eradicated sin from our lives and then we can wait on God with the expectation that God has not hid his face from us neither has as he refused to hear us because of sin that he already has brought to our attention and we refuse to do anything about it so if the Holy Spirit is telling you your, your attitude is bad, your character is bad, but you refuse to change, you're actually walking in sin. Okay? And some of us, man, our just attitude is just, you know, some Christians' attitudes are just so bad. It's like they're still in the world. It's like their character has not changed. Their minds have not been transformed. And then they complain that, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to pray anymore because God doesn't hear me, doesn't answer my prayer. Could it be because of your condition? Could it be because you refuse to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? And because you refuse to listen. And listen, sometimes, you know, when God is talking to you, he talks to you through other people too. You know, some of you think, you know, God has to speak to directly through, you know, through your senses. Sometimes God will use the person who you don't want to listen to to speak to you. Mm -hmm. The person, the same person you don't want to listen to, that's the person God will use many times to speak to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your spouse, you know, sometimes we don't want to listen to them, you know, because they, they hurt me. Well, that may be the same person God uses to speak to you. Sometimes you just need to listen to what your spouse is saying. And your situation can change. Sometimes you want to listen to what your elder is saying, what your pastor is saying, what your leader is saying, because God uses those people in your life to speak to you. Sometimes God has to use a donkey to talk, <laughs> right? And so whatever it takes, because God loves you so much, he will try to correct you. He will try to train you. He will try to get you back on the right path. But he's really going to use the means you think he should use. 
Okay, he's rarely gonna do that. Rarely use the means he thinks or you think he should use. God will use whomever he chooses to use to get his will and his purpose done on the earth. Amen. So submit to God, resist the devil. Okay, submit to God, humble yourself before God, and then that will position you for your prayers to be heard. And if your prayers are heard, you could believe that they will be answered. Right. Um, in First John five and fourteen, it says, "And this is the confidence that we have in Him, Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us, and we know that He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have desired. That is the Word of God. But you can never get to that place." You never get to that place until you get yourself into the will of God. And you must be confident, right? And only when we get ourselves aligned with the word of God, we can develop this confidence, right? And the, the, um, the writer says, this is the confidence that we have, that if we ask anything according to his will, he as well, what is the will of God? Well, I've been sharing the will of God. The will of God is his word. His word is a revelation of God's will. Everything he wants for us is in the word. Jesus says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the word of God. Not only is the Logos necessary, but the rhema is also necessary. So if what we need is not in the Logos specifically, then we need to get a word from the Lord directly about that particular thing. Amen. So after we have fixed up, get our act right, repented, forgive others, and get our lives right before God, then we need to decide what we want from God and find the appropriate scriptures that definitely promises us those things and begin to pray for those things, right? Find number two. Number one is repentance. Number two is find the scriptures that directly Definitely promise those things that you're asking God for and then begin to pray that thing. If there's lack in your life and you have needs in your life, make sure you pray Psalm 23 verse 1. The Lord, Lord, you said you are my shepherd and I should have no one. You said you will supply all my need according to your riches and glory. And so I put this issue before you, God. I'm lacking in such and such. And so I ask you, Father, to step in, God, that my lack will turn into more than enough for myself and enough that I may bless others. That is the word. You have the word right in front of you. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So if you're in lack, you're in want, pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. God, you promised in your word that you are my shepherd and I should not want. You said, Father, you will supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. That's what you said, God, and because you said it, I expect it. <laughs> Amen. Because you said it, I expect it. That's a simple prayer. Yeah. You don't need to be yelling and screaming at God. You can simply just pray God's word. God watches over his word to perform it. Yes, he does. If you need healing in your body, you know, the word of God tells us <coughs> that by Jesus' stripes, we're healed. And so you could bring that word before your heavenly father. 
Amen. Bring the word before him. The Bible said in Psalm 34, 19, many afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord deliver him out of them all. So, Father, I know that Jesus already told us that in this life, we're going to have afflictions. We're going to have issues. But, Father, you promised in your word that you will deliver me out of them all. Father, I ask you to deliver me from the sickness, from this disease. I ask you to heal my body according to your word, because your word says that by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. And so I receive healing in my body. I speak healing over my life in Jesus' name. That is the word of God. You said in your word, and Father God, that is your will that um, I, 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 I prosper, not just prosper, but also be in good health. Amen. So you pray that prayer. Father, thank you for your word that guarantees my health and guarantees my prosperity. I thank you for leading me in the path that bring not only my health, but my prosperity. And I pray that my soul also prosper. So Father, I ask you to give me wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that when I read your word, I can apply that word that my soul can also prosper. I give you thanks and I give you praise because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So that is a prayer for prosperity. That's a prayer for health. You simply use the word of God and apply it to your life. I like to say that I always like I always insert myself in the word. Right. I don't pray as though the word is separate from me. I pray as the word is a part of me. Amen. You have to learn to pray that way. Pray as the word is a part is part of you, not separate. The word shouldn't be outside of you. The word should be inside of you. David said that word, if I hid in my heart, simply mean the word is in his heart. It's part of you. It's the word that you need. As I said before, God watches over his word to perform it, not your word. Not your complaints. No, he watches over his word. So no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your desires are, you make sure that you can find a promise. You can find that word in the book, in the Bible. And when you find that word, you begin to pray that word over your lives. Some of you are seeking a spouse and you want to be married. And you know, the Bible doesn't tell us who we should marry. <laughs> it does not. Well, it gives you the character and it gives you um, the criteria, but the specific person, it doesn't. And so you need, you need a rhema from God. Um, you need the leading of the Holy Spirit to make sure you're making the right choice, but you cannot pray um, outside of God's will for your life, right? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, because I'm just going to do this real quick and make it real quick. It says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part is he that believeth with an infidel? I'm going to change the translation on that because I want to break it down a little bit more so you can see what we're trying to say here today. And it says, it says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple 
of the living God. Amen. You see what the Bible is trying to lead us right there? What's it saying? So if you meet somebody, if you meet somebody and that person is not saved, okay, then that, that you cannot ask God to change that. You cannot ask God for that, to marry that person if the person does not line up with that word. Okay? <laughs> Let me say it again. If, it's all, if God already answered the question about a certain thing, don't think he's going to change his mind about it. Okay? So God is not going to change his mind because you think you're so in love with this person and you think this is the right person for you, but the person is not saved. If the person is not saved, then God already answered that question. Okay? Let me say it again. If you are saved and the person is not saved, stop praying for 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 God to give you an answer whether or not this is the right person for you. He already told you in scripture. It's already there. Okay? There is no harmony between a child of God and a and an unbeliever, right? What don't team up with those who are unbelievers. That's what the Bible says. Don't come in the, I don't want to you know, let's not belabor the point. Okay, how what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? That's what the Bible says. Okay, so if you're hoping to be married, you meet somebody that's not saved, they don't meet the criteria. They, they don't. They could have everything else. They have to be saved. But otherwise, you're going against the word of God. And remember what I said, to him that knows the right thing to do and refuse to do it to him, it is sin. Right. And so many people's lives are messed up because of this one reason right here. They just want to do it their way rather than doing it God's way. OK, now that's just one example. There are many more examples I can go into, but we because of time, we're not going to do that. But remember, the first thing that we need to do is what? Repent of our sins. And then the second thing we need to do is to make sure that we are in line with God's word. Find the word that that definitely promises those things that you're seeking God for and begin to pray that word. Amen. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous will always avail much. We're going to continue to talk more about this, but for today, I'm going to end it right there and we will continue on another day because I want to make sure that we are walking in answered prayers each and every day. We see the unfolding of God's plan in our lives. Amen. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful that you can see the unfolding of God's plan? You know, when you know your purpose, when you're walking in line with the word of God, when you're doing the things that God has called you to do, you will see the unfolding of God's plan. You know, we talked about grace. If it wasn't for your grace, yes, we want that grace. We want the unfolding of God's grace in our lives each and every day. Let us pray. Father, we thank you again for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, God, because you told us that we ought to study your word. Study the word. Uh, meditate on it day and night and be certain to observe everything that is written in for only then will we prosper and succeed in all that we do. And Father, I pray that today 
Lord, as I've instructed your people, God, what some of the things they need to do, God, that they can walk and answer prayers. I pray, God, they will give an ear to your word. Lord, they will see the word, hear the word, understand the word, that they may be converted by that word. I give you thanks now, God, and I give you praise because everything we need, <laughs> you already have released it onto us. Everything that we need, God, you have given unto us all things that is necessary. God, for godliness is necessary for living. You have given us all things. Your word said we are already blessed. And so, Father, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for the word. We thank you for instructions, instruction in holiness and righteousness. God, that we can walk pleasing to you. And Father, I pray, Lord, we will never step outside of your word. But Father, we don't ever want to be in a place where you, your hand is shortened towards us and your ear is heavy towards us. But no, Father God, we want to be at the place where when we call on you, you answer. Matter of fact, God, before we call, you will already answer. Your word said, when a man's ways please you, you even make their enemies at peace with them. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We honor you. We glorify you. And we thank you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.